1 John chapter 3, verse 11 through 23. It's on page 240. Hear now these words. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We must, we must not be like Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or sister are murderers. And you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before Him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God. And we receive from Him whatever we ask, because we obey His commandments and do what pleases Him. And this is His commandment, that we should believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as He has commanded us. This is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Love one another. That's the phrase that we hear over and over in that Scripture passage, and that's what stood out to me this morning. Friends, as most of you know, I'm the director of children's ministry here at Bluff Park UMC. I'm also one of the pastors here at Bluff Park. And this is something that I talk about with the children of our church a lot throughout the year. In the children's ministry, our vision is to teach all the children who attend any event or ministry here at our church five things. God created you. God loves you. You can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You can grow in your relationship with God. And finally, you can share the love of God with others. And when I teach them about that last one, sharing the love of God with others, I always teach them that I believe the primary way that we do that is by loving one another. And since I believe that children learn Christian principles best through Bible stories, I always tell them a Bible story when I teach them about loving one another. And one of the stories I come back to over and over to teach about loving one another is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And so this morning, since I did not have a lot of time to prepare this sermon, <laughs> I'm going to be sharing that story with you. So I invite you to hear the story of the Good Samaritan. Many of you have heard this story over and over throughout your lives, especially if you've grown up in church. But the story begins with Jesus teaching a group of people. He's teaching them about God. He's teaching them about how much God loves them. And in the midst of that teaching, I imagine someone raised a hand because someone had a question for Jesus. And this person said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's basically asking Jesus, what do I need to do to go to heaven? And Jesus, being Jesus, he does this multiple times throughout the Gospels. He answers this man's question with a question. He says, basically, what do you think? And the man says, if I'm reading the Scripture correctly, then I need to love the Lord my God with all my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength. And I need to love my neighbor as myself. And Jesus basically says, you got it. That's the correct answer. If you do that, you will go to heaven. But the man is not done asking questions. He has one final question. He asks Jesus, but Jesus, who is my neighbor? 
He wants to know exactly who he needs to love. And in response to that question, Jesus tells him the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus said that there once was a Jewish man who was walking between two cities. This man was walking down the road. He was leaving one city, heading to the other. And as he's walking down the road, thieves jump out of the woods beside the road and they steal everything he has. They steal his clothes, they steal his money, and they beat him up and leave him half dead in the middle of the road. And when I see that term half dead in the scriptures, it makes me think that if no one comes along and helps this man, this man will die in the middle of the road. But Jesus said someone does come walking along. And the first person to come walking along is a priest. And when Jesus' followers, when the people listening to this story heard him say priest, they would have known that this was a person that worked in God's house, the temple. This was one of the higher up people in God's house, the temple. And they thought for sure that the priest would stop to help the injured man. But Jesus says he doesn't. He sees the man lying in the road. He goes to the other side of the road and keeps on walking. But Jesus said another man comes walking by, and this man was a Levite. Now, a Levite also worked in God's house, the temple, but a Levite was an, assist, was an assistant to the priest in the temple. So the people listening to the story, they may have thought, well, the priest didn't stop because he's really important. He had a lot to do. He was working for God. He didn't have time to stop. But for sure, the Levite will stop and help the man. And Jesus says he doesn't. He sees the man lying in the road, he crosses to the other side of the road, and he keeps on walking. But Jesus said then a third person comes walking down the road, and he says this third person is a Samaritan. And the people listening to this story, when they heard the word Samaritan, their face would have fallen. They might have gotten a scowl on their face or an angry look on their face, because you see, in Jesus' time, Jewish people hated Samaritans. And Samaritans hated Jewish people. It went back to a time a long time ago before this story where they had disagreed on where God should be worshipped. Jewish people believed that God should be worshipped in the temple in Jerusalem. Samaritans believed that God should be worshipped on a mountain right outside of Jerusalem. And so they hated each other. They didn't like to be around each other. They didn't talk to each other. Each group actually had laws that said they couldn't be around the other group. So when Jesus said the word Samaritan, these people that were listening to him teach, these Jewish people, they would have thought for sure the Samaritan man will not stop and help the Jewish man. He might walk over there and kick him and then keep walking down the road, but there's no way he's going to stop. And so they're surprised when Jesus says the Samaritan man walks up to the man. He leans down and he begins to clean his wounds he begins to bandage his wounds. He picks the Jewish man up, puts him on his own donkey, and walks him to the next town. When they get to the next town, he goes to what we'll call a hotel, a place where they would give out a room at that time. He goes to the owner of the hotel. He gets a room for one night. And he doesn't just leave the Jewish man there. He stays with him all night long, taking care of him and helping him feel better. The next morning, he goes to the owner of the hotel, and he says, I've got to keep going. I've got somewhere that I need to be, but allow the Jewish man to stay here as long as he needs until he feels better. He gives him some money and says, let him stay however long this will last, but if he needs to stay longer, I'll come back and I'll pay for the rest of it. And that's the end of the parable that Jesus tells. And then he looks at the man who had asked him the question, and he says, which one of the three men loved his neighbor as himself? And the man says, the third one. 
the Samaritan who stopped to help. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. And that's the end of the story. Friends, I believe it's clear from this parable that Jesus told, from our scripture passage this morning, and from many other stories and verses in the Bible, that we are called to love one another as God has loved us. And we are not only called to love those who are easy to love, but also those who are difficult to love for whatever reason. We are called to try our best with God's help to love everyone that we meet as much as we can. So friends, what does that look like in action today? What are some examples of loving one another that I've seen here at this church over the years? Let me briefly share four with you. The first way that I've seen examples of loving one another is the food pantry here at our church. If you don't know, we have a food pantry here at our church that meets on the first Wednesday of every month, and anyone who needs extra assistance or help with food or diapers can drive through our church's parking lot, and we will give them those supplies. But if you've ever been down there, the people who work in the food pantry, they don't just throw the supplies in the car and let the people leave. They love on every single person that comes through our parking lot. They talk to them. They laugh with them. They get to know them. They offer to pray for them. If it's a person that comes month after month, they ask how that person's doing and asks how their family is doing. Even though they drive through our church's parking lot, they never step foot inside the doors of the church, I believe that they feel and experience the love of God through the people in our food pantry. That is loving one another in action. The second way is similar to the food pantry. It's our under the... Under the Bridge Ministry. And this is a group that meets a couple of Tuesday nights every month. They come to the church in the middle of the afternoon and they cook a lot of meals in our church's kitchen. And they load those meals into coolers, they load those coolers onto one of the church buses, and then they drive, they ride together as a group down into downtown Birmingham with those meals and they feed the homeless. But again, they don't simply just hand the food and leave, they talk to them, they laugh with them. They get to know them. They offer to pray for them. The last, the time I was there in the fall, there was someone in the choir behind me. I'm not going to tell you who, because she probably wouldn't want me to, but I'm betting you can guess. Sang some songs with the homeless people who had come to receive food. And so our group of people who went with, one, with Under the Bridge and the group of homeless people who showed up, we worshiped God together through song. We sang This Little Light of Mine with the people who had came to receive food. And I firmly believe that all of us that night felt and experienced the love of God. The third is one of my favorites. This happened about a year ago. I was up here doing what I'm doing now. I was doing either welcoming announcements or the Apostles' Creed or praying up here. And as I was up here talking, I noticed someone come through the double doors in the back. And this person looked scared. This person looked out of place. They looked really nervous to be here. They looked like they didn't have a clue what they were supposed to do when they walked in. And one of our ushers did exactly what our ushers are trained to do. They went up, they talked to the person, and I assume standing up here that this usher was going to take the person to one of our empty pews and give them, show them a place where they could sit. But this usher that day went above and beyond that. This usher took that person, walked them to where his family was sitting, and invited the person to sit with his family. And then after the usher had finished the offering that morning, he went and sat with this person as well. And I watched throughout the service as he showed this person where the scripture was, where the hymn was, and walked them through the service. That is loving one another in action. 
And then finally, the last one, I probably shouldn't do this. I just preached here three months ago, and I used an example in that sermon, and you're probably not supposed to use the same example the very next sermon, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I'm new, right? I haven't preached a lot, so I can break that rule. (laughs) And it fits so well with this sermon. One week from today, my family will have been here at Bluff Park UMC for eight years. Right, Gavin? Eight? Eight. Yeah. But as I said in the sermon in January, when we got here eight years ago, we were so excited to be here. We were coming to a new state, a new city, coming to a new church to teach new kids about Jesus. I was coming with my son, Gavin, my wife, Stephanie, and my wife, Stephanie, was pregnant with our second child. But about a month and a half after we got here, Stephanie went into labor really, really early at 26 weeks. She went into labor. We rushed her to the hospital. They were able to stop labor, but they put Stephanie on bed rest that day for the remaining 11 weeks of her pregnancy. And so all of a sudden, I'm in a brand new city, a brand new state, a brand new church, and I don't know anyone. And I'm having to do all the cleaning, the cooking. I'm taking care of my three-year-old son. I'm helping Stephanie on bed rest. I'm worried about Stephanie and my unborn child, and I'm trying to get ready for Vacation Bible School, which is our biggest event in the children's ministry. I'm trying to get to know people here at the church, and I began to feel like I was sinking, and I didn't know who to ask for help. But I didn't have to, because this church surrounded my family during that time. You didn't know me. You didn't know my family very well, but you surrounded us with love during that time. You brought us meals for 11 weeks. We, I, didn't, I didn't have to cook, which is a good thing, right, Gavin? It's a very good thing. I'm not a cook. <laughs> I, went, I didn't have to cook. Gavin was three. I had to take Stephanie to the doctor. I had to take, she went into labor four more times throughout that 11 weeks, and they were able to stop it. And people offered to come and get Gavin and let him play at their house. We had to spend the night at the hospital one night, and Gavin spent the night with a member of our church and their family. You surrounded us with love. One week from today, we'll have been here for eight years. I'm not sure we would have made it through the first six months without the love of this church. That is loving one another in action. So friends, these are four of the many ways that I have seen our church love one another over the last eight years. And my hope and prayer is that we as individuals, small groups, and as a church would continue to do these things, to continue to love one another both now and in the future. So in the coming weeks, I want to encourage all of us to put loving one another into practice in whatever ways we feel God leading us. Maybe it's something small like simply smiling at someone, holding the door open for someone, or offering a word of encouragement when someone looks like they're having a bad day. Maybe it's volunteering with one of the many missions we offer at Bluff Park UMC or another local mission in our community. Maybe in the midst of our busy schedules, it's stopping to spend time with someone who is lonely, sick, or scared, or stopping to listen to someone who just needs someone to talk to. Maybe it's refraining from saying something hurtful to someone or forgiving someone, even if they don't necessarily deserve it. Whatever ways we choose, I want to encourage all of us to practice loving everyone that we meet, loving one another this week and throughout our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne, and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. 
Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.